What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. Thompson to Clark is back, and there's actually a decent amount of news, some innuendo. And we'll actually start with a little bit of innuendo, which is the Giants, according to MLB Network, are the favorites to to sign Shota Imanaga, whose posting period ends uh, on Thursday. And so that tweet went out earlier today. And you said you actually watched the segment on the network. Yeah, I did. And then uh, a lot of people kind of picked up off of that, uh, like John Boy Media. Uh, uh, what is it? The MLB trade rumors, all those kind of jumped on that. Um, again, I don't know if there's anything concrete um, other than the fact that they seem to be the favorites for him. Um, I've seen comments that, oh, you know, the Giants are going to go too far in on a guy who's a four or five starter. I don't know. If he, I don't know if he's a four or five starter. I was watching some video on him, um, some of his pitches and his um, uh, pitch dynamics and, and uh, velocity and everything else on, on you know, a lot of his pitches. And I don't know, man, I, th- I think he's a solid number three, number two maybe even number two, um, pair him with a Blake Snell, possibly, um, Jordan Montgomery, possibly, um, Kyle Harrison. If he turns into the number two or number three that they're expecting, possibly even a number one, then you've got a solid, uh, solid one, two, three combo. And then when Cobb comes back as well in, in May ish, May or June, I think may, right. Is what they're saying for Alex Cobb. Mm -hmm. Um, so could the rotation could look great by the end of the season, uh, especially with Robbie Ray in there um, and and with Imanaga. But again, Imanaga is another guy um, from Japan who's like 150 innings pitched. Um, but I guess right. I was looking at numbers and, and I, every time I see 150, I think, God, that's low, but that's the new <laughs> norm. Like 150 is good. Like you want that. I've always thought you want 200, you want yeah. 180, 190, but yeah, 150 is the new norm. I mean, and it's the same questions that we had about Yamamoto, which is adapting to the baseball, adapting to the uh, five-man starting unit rather than the six-man, like is the norm in Japan. So there's, you know, there's going to be tons of of things for them to figure out. And as we saw last year, they are. They have a, a lot of people who they will throw in the starting rotation if need be. Uh, and our hope is that they will have to do that less and less this year. Yeah. And some of that is based on, nice. yeah, some of that is based on uh, some of the pitchers that they have. Now we'll talk about Robbie Ray here in a second because it was, that was a big deal and it's sort of out of nowhere. Cause we didn't hear him attached to them in any way. Uh, and I heard uh, far. I heard Farhan on the Tim Kawakami podcast uh, recently, and and he was just talking about how, you know, that this free agent period. He's just like, gosh, you know, there's no urgency on the other side to sign <laughs> any of these deals. So, uh, so you know, then they went out and they're like, hey, you know, if we can't, you know, just to make sure, let's go trade for a pitcher in case that guy that we can't get 
you know, for whatever reason is out there. But, you know, I would love to see them get Imanaga. I would love to see them even add another guy if they can't get that bat. But that bat is going to be necessary. And we're going to have a fun little segment near the end of this show where Brad is going to is going to show why uh, who the Dodgers just signed is not even better than guys that we have on our team. <laughs> so that'll be our bitter giant segment because yes. that the, those bitter giant segments are just living on YouTube right now. The Dodger yeah, fans I mean, are coming to find us just to argue with us about why they we're wrong. They attract the moths, the, the <laughs> Dodger fan moths to a flame, man. They don't, <clears throat> Dodger fans don't like you talking bad about their team, even though they're stacked and packed. <laughs> I, I mean, they've been like that for 20 years. I haven't won a darn thing, but I think that's what makes them angry there. They're a li- I think they're a little worried. And so I know this because I have a buddy who's a Dodger fan and yeah. there's, he thinks that because they're so stacked, there's just so much pressure on them. And so there's yeah. just a bigger place. To, it just, it's just even more glorious of a fall when they, when they do. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So and you can't, and you can't call those guys. You can't call the, the free agent pickups, uh, independent contractors either, <laughs> even though Dylan Hernandez himself, a writer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, called them independent contractors. <laughs> even a player in the, in the clubhouse had mentioned that they're all independent contractors trying to win a championship. Um, but if you tell that to Dodger fans, whew. yeah, they don't like that at all. Not at all. All right. So let's talk about this Robbie Ray trade. Uh, it, it was again, like I said, kind of out of nowhere. We, none of us saw this coming and Robbie Ray. I think the reason why he is off the radar a little bit is because he was hurt all of last year. And I think he made one start. Is that what it was? I, yeah, I believe so. One or two starts and uh, then started kind of feeling the pain and then uh, went in for the old Tommy John. And uh, so that's why we don't see him until July, which is a bummer. I mean, because it's one of those things you see it, you you know, you make a trade for a pitcher like that and you go, all right, we got a, you know, a, a former Cy Young award winner. And then you forget and then you see the blurb at the end coming off of Tommy John yeah. won't be back until the all-star break. And you go, Oh man. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> and, and his 2022 season, which is where he made the bank. He was okay. He wasn't great as, as he was the year before in Toronto, the year before in Toronto, you're talking almost 250 strikeouts and less than 200 innings. That's how great he was right. at missing bats and his 2022 season in Seattle Still struck out a lot of a lot of folks. Two hundred twelve strikeouts, one hundred and eighty nine innings. So you're talking about that one hundred and fifty mark. Well, Robbie, uh, the last two years before he got hurt was around the one ninety mark, which is really good. Uh, and he's not walking a ton of guys while striking out a lot. So again, fits the Giants what they want. Um, you know, they don't want to put guys on base necessarily uh, because it. The, the you know in, in in a game where your home stadium is all about pitching the less you put people on for free the better uh, but then last year one start into the season three innings and he was done and now we're waiting for him for uh, a half of a season in 2024 before he's even going to be ready post all-star break is what they're saying so the trade in of itself you know you you can look at it from the giants perspective and go well, they didn't really give up anybody that made fans upset, right? Now, right. we probably like good disco better than most of the fan base. Anthony DeSclafani goes True. in uh, goes into this deal. Third at uh, the third year of his uh, original $36 million deal uh, with the Giants and he's yeah, he's been disappointing cuz he can't stay healthy. So he's been he's been a bit of a of someone who the Giants fans like to kick around a little bit just because he can't stay healthy. So no more disco to kick around Giants fan. <laughs> and then somebody who was a major disappointment last year as well in Mitch Haniger goes back to the Mariners. The Giants had too many outfielders. And you know this one specifically it was the right-handed hitter that they wanted to you know they gave a uh, what was it? A three-year deal last year too, right? To right. um, 
you know, to hope, hope to, for I think him it was, to be. Was it opt out after two? That's a good question. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm not that. exactly sure. So, Mariners bring back <clears throat> two. Send one. The Giants even sent over a bunch of cash to make things work a little bit better monetarily. The Mariners love receiving cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like here's here's our players. You know, I wonder how much cash it would take for us to get J Rod out of there. Hmm. We'll give. I, you... I think. I think there's an amount. I. I don't think it's one of those untouchables. I think with Depoto, I think there's probably an amount. <laughs> so overall, you know, you're only getting Robbie for half of this season, and he does have an opt out, but he's hope probably not opting out. I can't imagine after Tommy John and a half of a baseball season. That'd be tough. Yeah. It'd be very. He'd have to, he'd have to pitch lights out. Lights I mean, out. to the point where his velo is back. Because what was he forcing fastball guy? Like upper nineties on the gun, lives off of the fastball and the slider. So is that are those pitches going to come back um, immediately to be dominant? I think he added a a sinker, which. The Giants probably. Yeah. And again, when you're coming off of Tommy John, if you're looking at it and and you're thinking he can be fastball sinker guy, he also has a change up. He also has a curveball that I think I was watching an interview and Granky had taught him the curveball. I mean, he already threw the curveball, but Granky had said, you know, uh, I, I guess Robbie Ray went to him and said, why, why are you so effective? Because they were with the Diamondbacks at the same time. Mm-hmm. Why are you so effective with your curveball? When you watch Granky throw his curveball, it's like 51 miles an hour. <laughs> and, and he total different windup too. He just steps into it and tosses an EFIS 51 mile an hour curveball up there. And so Robbie Ray started dropping in his curveball at like 71 miles an hour. So you're talking 25 miles an hour off. Um, and he actually got a little uh, effective with the curveball. So curveball change up. Yeah. I think it's a circle change. Um, that forcing fastball, but, but again, he lives off of that forcing fastball. That's his most effective pitch. So are you going to get that back after Tommy John? In July, August, September, probably not. And I'm sure he's going to be limited a little bit too. Um, So I would imagine as a Giants fan, we probably have to sit here and look and say, look, we have Robbie Ray for the next two and a half seasons. He's not going to opt out. He has a really nice deal. Uh, And the Giants can afford him too. So that's, that's the nice kind of marriage there that's happening. I will say I'm a little bummed out that Hanniger didn't work out. Yeah, we were, sure. we were we were pretty high on him last year. Now, obviously, as has been the case, right-handed hitters in our park just it's it's a fly ball of warning track nine yeah. times out of ten. You know, even even Buster, who's you know you wouldn't consider Buster a power hitter, but I don't know if Buster hit more than thirty. Did he ever hit thirty home runs? In, I, in, no, in, he never did. Yeah, no, so, so. Uh, you know, you got to go back to Kent and 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 Aurelia and Ellis Burks and those guys for right-handed hitters to really be able to to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, Hunter Pence did okay. You know, Pat Burrell hit some nice home runs, but you, you know, know for, don't forget, don't forget Wilmer. Well, yeah, Wilmer's solid. Wilmer, Wilmer yeah. Wilmer's a you know he's he's good for eighteen to twenty, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but long. yeah, but. Uh, you know, if you if you could just hook it down the left field line and wrap around the foul pole, I'm with it. Yeah. But I was hoping that Hanniger, you know, would be a guy who could hit 25 jacks. And last year was just not that time frame. Are you a little I guess I would say I'm a little bummed that he was only here for that short time. I wanted I, I would have loved to see him have a nice resurgence this year. But I guess that's what it took to to do the deal. Yeah, I mean, you know. Coming into it, we gave a 32-year-old a three-year deal. So he does have an opt-out after two. So he can opt out after this season. But again, he'll be 33 going into his 34-year-old season. Uh, This year, he's making 17 mil next year or the year after that, uh, the opt-in year or opt-out year, 15.5 million. Um, Yeah, I'm bummed because I like Mitch Hanniger and I like his Power. He's one of those guys that you always look at and you say, man, that guy, if he can get on, 
he he can crush bombs. Uh, Wil, well, see, Wilmer had 23 last year, by the way, and I think Buster's most as a giant, uh, well, with the Giants, only team he's ever been with, <laughs> is uh, 24. He had 24 one year. Um, so I was hoping Mitch was going to be the right-hander who could hit 30 bombs. Um, I've always had that fascination uh, of seeing him and like, oh, man, I would love to have that guy on our team. We had that shot. A bomb that didn't work out. He hit 39 home runs in 2021. Uh, but but other than that, he's only hit 26, and that was in 2018. Before that, anything else is in the teens or below because uh, he's always hurt. He's one of those guys who just, uh, you know, is always getting banged up. Um, so for that reason, I'm not sad to see him go. Uh, we need guys who can be on the field. Uh, you know, we just need that durability and we need um, defense. Uh, so this kind of frees up the shot for Conforto to be in left field. Conforto's hopefully now healthy again after the shoulder surgery, um, can make the throws from left field, can start to just crush bombs this year. Um, so, that, I mean, it really does just kind of free up outfield spots and it frees us up a spot for Bellinger if we can get him. That would be awesome. I'm still okay with Bellinger. I know so many Giants fans are like, but he was a Dodger. It's like, yeah, I I completely understand that. You know who, who else was a Dodger who became a Giant was Dusty Baker. <laughs> so it you know it I can I can flush that off. Oral Hershiser, we accepted him for a year. By the um, way, I, I said 95 on Oral Hershiser. I was yeah, way yeah. early. It was actually 1998. Oh, 98. Okay. So 98 was, yeah. So I did go in 98 to see Hershiser pitch on opening day at Candlestick. I think it was upper deck, right field. <laughs> I mean, way like right center field, you know, above, you know, that little extra extension that hangs out yes. for football where when the bleachers come out, it connects to that, like above that from what I remember. And I still have that banner too, which is kind of cool. I always, I used to buy pennants like opening day. And then I think the 1987 giants NLCS team, I bought a pennant that had all of the names on it and everything. I, I, I hang all those in, in the garage. I have an Anaheim angels pennant hanging in the garage because I went to an Anaheim angels game one year uh, and they played against the, Mariners, we were down in Anaheim and Disneyland, a bunch of friends, and we go, hey, let's go see a baseball game. So we sat in center field, and every time Griffey came out there, we were the only ones out there. Shirts off, bacon in the sun, <laughs> and we just kept bowing to him every time Griffey came out. And he would, he would like, wave back to us, and it was a great day. <laughs> I have a Ken Griffey Jr. story as well. Oh, yeah. When he was in A-ball, playing wow. for the San Bernardino Spirit. Yes. Against the Giants, I went to a doubleheader. This is in San Jose. In San Jose. Okay. And, you know, he is the biggest thing out there. Like, you didn't have to follow prospects to know that Griffey was coming. Right. Yeah. And I think that's his only year that he even played in, in the, the minor league system. So he it's doubleheader. And we had gotten his autograph on like the little one sheet program that they used to give you <laughs> yes. at, at San Jose Giants game. So we're talking like 19 would have been 1988, 89, sometime around yeah. there. And then they play the games. Uh, he's trying to break up a double play at second base. And John Patterson, people remember John. Oh, Patterson. yes. He oh, was yeah. at second base. Griffey Jr. barrel rolls into John Patterson. And at that moment, I took my autograph (laughs) and I scribbled over it. No, you didn't. I did. And I'm not sad about it. You can't be. (laughs) I'm a middle infielder, man. Yeah, I get you. You can't. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You're going to barrel roll and possibly injure the second baseman on a double play that you're not even breaking up. Like to me, I was like, yeah. okay, this guy, I'm out. But you know, Dwayne Kuiper, Dwayne Kuiper would have walked out there had he seen and maybe you know busted <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. in the chops. <laughs> he played. Let's see, he played in San Bernardino in '88, uh, and also in '88 he was in Double A. 
And in 87, he played 54 games in Bellingham, which was a like low, like uh, close to rookie ball, probably. Yeah. So so in in San Bernardino in 88 and only 58 games, he hit 338 with 11 jacks. I mean, (laughs) we're talking 58 games. (laughs) Just absolutely ridiculous. That was a draw, though. That was a, I, I, I really remember that. Like, you know, that it was a long time ago, but I really remember it. And look, he's not hurting because I scribbled out his autograph, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we remember uh, was it was it Holiday barrel rolling into Marco Scuro oh, and hurting his leg in that? I uh, I thought that was the end of the series. Yeah, I thought that was the end of the series because it was game one, right? And yeah. I thought this this is it, man. This is the this turns the whole thing because Scuro was on fire. Um, and came back and just went back on fire, which was awesome. Yeah, man. So the barrel roll, it, you know, yeah, all you base terrible. runners, don't barrel roll. Just it's get out of the a, way. It's such a Chase Utley play. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so, um, so yeah, well, I mean, Robbie Ray is going to be a giant wait and see for us the entire year. There's going to be a countdowns. There's going to be updates on how long he's long tossing. All yeah. of that stuff. So we'll at least we're to... going to get some legit answers from Bob Melvin this year. We're not going to get the, uh, you know, the roundabouts from Kapler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we like to see guys do what they do best and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, we're going to get some some Bob Melvin real answers this year. Uh, Davis said he had to look up Rowan's numbers. Not great. Did, Aaron Rowan? Don't yeah. ever look up Aaron Rowan's numbers. You don't need to. They're terrible. Yeah, not great. <laughs> I remember uh, Aaron Rowan, the first World Series, the 2010 World Series. You know, my office was very close to, you know, not very close to to uh, the baseball park. But, you know, we're in downtown San Jose. I mean, yeah. San Francisco. Walking distance. And, and uh, this dude is in like a track suit. <laughs> uh walking around the city it's very fun. and kind of walking like kind of like walking how his batting stance kind of a little bow-legged like just <laughs> like he had a stroll he had a strut and a stroll going on and i was like that's aaron rowan man Fre- did you go fresno state dude uh i think he did but he played in philly right so maybe he got his track suit in philly yeah yeah <laughs> That guy. He's another guy, too. It's like I loved his gritty play. I loved the way he played center field. I loved the way he played the outfield. Um, And you just wanted him to be so much more. Face first into the fence. Yeah. So he went to to Fullerton. Oh, Fullerton. Um, That's what it was. But, yeah, he was in Philly for two years before he came to us. And, see, and that was the whole thing. That was the allure of getting him is 2007 – in Philly, he played 161 games. He was an all-star, got MVP votes, gold glove, hit 27 jacks, hit 309. And then when we got him, he became the real Aaron Rowan. Yeah. And that was frustrating. It's like, who's this Andres Torres guy taking all my reps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why is why are his jeans so tight? <laughs> <laughs> and bedazzled too. He was bedazzled. <laughs> So earlier today, Ken Rosenthal wrote a semi-long, it wasn't the full article, but he did write about uh, Matt Chapman Mm -hmm. and the possibility of one Matt Chapman. 
coming to the Giants. And we've talked about this. In some instances, it makes sense. In others, it doesn't really because it's not like third base is a position that the Giants don't have folks uh, folks there. But, you know, part of the thing, part of the thinking was if you look at Matt Williams, uh, Matt Williams was a defensive stalwart for the Giants, in addition to being a great power hitter. But, you know, he was like the man with the glove. And Bob Melvin continually says, you know, we need to get better on defense. We need to get better on defense. That's like kind of the foundation. And so Matt Chapman is is excellent defensively. Uh, and, and so I think it makes some sense. But you do kind of wonder... Because of that low batting average, and I guess there's somewhat of an excuse because he had a finger injury that really tampered him when his when his stats just fell completely off. Yeah. Um, also has a little bit of experience playing for a Farhan Zaidi team, playing for Bob Melvin, playing for Matt Williams, who was a coach uh, on an A's team that he played on. So there is some connectivity there. But I think Chapman would be a guy that would make some sense. But ultimately, I think most Giants fans would just think that he's overpaid based on what he's done. And I'm not sure that's the kind of signing that's going to excite the fans. Like we said that we sort of needed, you know, obviously Otani and Yamamoto and even Bellinger to an extent, just because he's pretty dynamic offensively. When he's playing well, those are kind of like, oh, you know, maybe we'll get a few more people in the ballpark. Now we'll see with with Lee. We'll see, he, he, there, there's a possibility with his style of play and his charisma that he can be an easy fan favorite. Oh yeah, but he, I don't know. He, he, I think he already is. I, I think that's where you have to put him. As long as he plays good, though, the, the Giants are not. The sure. Giants fans are not going to, you know, think that he's a. He's someone who's going to put butts in the seats if he's not if not playing well. Uh, right, but, but what I'm saying is I think he comes in with being the fan favorite, and, and it's his job to lose at this point. Sure. Um, because I, th- he's one of those guys, too. He's, he's the exciting guy. He was high on the list of free agents. The Giants finally landed him. I don't give a crap how much. We overpaid for him because I think we had to overpay for somebody at some mm-hmm. point. Um, so, so yeah, more guys like that. So a Matt Chapman type of guy, it, he's the exact opposite. He's going to come in, like you said, he's going to come in and have to win that fan favorite. Right. He's going to have to. He's going to have to do a lot, and I think he can though. That's the thing is, he's the type of guy who can. The worry for me is if his numbers were that bad in Toronto. This park is not a happy park, as we just said, for right-handed hitters, and he was, and he will have to adjust. So that that automatically kind of puts him behind the eight ball a little bit. But at the on the other end, I think the Giants fans are, are pretty smart, and they would recognize how good he is defensively, especially with all these ground ball pitchers that they have. So I think we would still get a lot of value out of him. I just wonder what the like the fan appreciation would be if he does, if he starts slowly, like I, I that, that that's kind of worrisome to me. And it's, some of it is just, it's just in spite of everything else, right? You're just kind of frustrated with this season already. And it hasn't even started the, the rich keep yeah. getting richer with the Dodgers and we keep getting shafted by these free agents. And, and so I think naturally, the fan expectation there, you know, there's probably going to be some short tempers this year. There's probably going to be some oh, yeah. possibility of booze if the giants don't come out well. And so I, I like Matt Chapman as a steady guy, but I kind of wonder if he's better. If your team is kind of good and they need that veteran, they need that professional to help them get over the top, sort of like Longoria, uh, you know, the giants, I think that when they brought in Longoria, they were absolutely hoping that he was going to be better than he was. But you bring him in for that professionalism. You need some grown ups, uh, guys who who can who have proven it in the past. 
But, you know, with a team that is at 500, I, I just don't know. I mean, is Matt Chapman the right guy to bring on to this team? I think so. I think absolutely he is. And I think for that reason alone, the fact that he is a professional, he has played for Bob Melvin, he has played for Matt Williams. Um, <clears throat> Bob Mil- Melvin, Matt Williams, and Matt Chapman all bring a sense of professionalism, a uh, sense of clubhouse cohesiveness that we completely lost last season. And and you mentioned a name that it is not a coincidence that it happened after Evan Longoria left. Yeah. Um, things just completely fell apart. Logan Webb said he, he himself, he used to look around at those guys, Buster Posey, Brandon Belt. And that's another one too. Brandon Belt wasn't there last year. Um, and Brandon Crawford and Brandon Crawford, you know, is trying to, he's struggling through an injury riddled, rough, rough season. So he's got his own things going on. Um, and, and Webb said he used to look to those guys, you know, to know how to act, to know if you're in a losing streak, what do you do? Um, so to have a guy like Matt Chapman, who's been around for a long time and, and Bob Melvin and Matt Williams, uh, uh, you know, and, and add a guy like Blake Snell, possibly again, another veteran you're, you're and, and Bellinger, I know he's only 27, but he's been around a long time and he's won a national league MVP. Um, and he's been on a Dodger team that continues to win and win and win. You know, the scary not, thing not about Bellinger championships, but just you know, <laughs> there, there's a stat and I think it's an exit velocity stat. Have you seen this with Bellinger? I have not like, the exit full velocity numbers for his really bad season and his really great season were like almost identical. <laughs> were they really? Yeah. <laughs> but but he had the hole in his swing, so that yeah, was there you go. that was his really bad season. I'm sure his so, contact rate was a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, the busted wrist or <laughs> yeah. it was a shoulder, so whatever it was that he was coming back from that he just the Dodgers had no patience for. They were like. Sorry, dude, but that that is pretty amazing. And same with Jock. Jock's exit velocity was probably the same every single yeah. season last year. Highest on the team and one of the highest in the league, but just he had a Jock Peterson bad year. So yeah, you know. yeah. Some of that is obviously based on luck. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Chapman, we'll see if Chapman happens. I just thought it was very interesting that on the same day that Andy Baggerly wrote a story of Bob Melvin and Matt Williams and their friendship, that the uh, the discussion was also about Matt Chapman, who, like we said, played for both of those guys and does kind of fit the gamer mentality uh, of Matt yeah. Williams. And you know, we, it's funny because like we were goofing on Matt a couple of years ago. When yeah. the Giants did the the bunting while while winning, and he was so mad, and Bob Melvin was pretty mad too, and you know yeah, we, right. we created the uh, the Gabe Kapler index. I forget what we called it, the Heat <laughs> it was, index uh, or whatever. Uh, the, the, the haters, the haters, haters, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> and it's so funny because I also forgot haters about watch. this. Haters yeah, that, that's what it was. I forgot <laughs> about this, which is uh, Bryce Harper while playing for the Nationals. He hit a ground ball and he didn't run it out. And Matt Williams like benched him for it. Right. And you're like, wow, like you can't, can you do that today? Like, can, can you act, could you actually uh, bench guys for not running, you know, that whole thing? But that's yeah. just who he is. And so you were bringing back sort of that gamer that, you know, uh oh, we, they, they knocked Wilmer down. Kyle Harrison, you got to go after the next, like that kind of mentality. I don't know if baseball still exists in that form the way that it did when we were younger, but I think it, it a, little, a little, a little bit. A it's little a bit. little fun to, yeah. to think about that because it's kind of the baseball that we grew up on. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and I think with Melvin and Williams, we're getting a little bit of that back. So we're going to get that mix. And this is what fans have been clamoring for. So I know you said, you know, fans could boo if things don't quite go right at the beginning, but I think there might be a little more patience this year um, because it's a new regime, because there's going to be a lot of new players. There's going to be a lot of new leadership in the clubhouse, I think, when it's all said and done. Um, and, and we know what type of season we had last year. Um, I, I can only see the fans going nuts if we come out of the gate at like 10 and 25 
then there's going to be a lot of questions of what are we doing on it. But I, I can't see this team. It's probably going to be another 500 team, uh, maybe even a touch over 500. Uh, again, we're, free agency is not over. And what are we, like four weeks away from spring yeah. training <laughs> and, and free agency? The big names are still out there. Scott Boris, come on, man. Just yeah, No deadlines get, here. Yeah, get your guys signed, man. Do you think Crawford, like Crawford hasn't made any announcements. He hasn't said he's playing. No. He hasn't said he's retiring. I think he said he wanted to explore things. Um, and uh, with the way he's exploring things, you'd think he has Scott Boris as his agent. But Okay, here, here's a question. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Yeah. But a lot of these reporters think that the Giants are going to sign a backup shortstop to... Uh, and more of a utility guy is, is what I saw in today's article by Rosenthal. Right. More of like someone who can play multiple positions. Now, Brett, Brett, Brett uh, now uh, Crawford, Brandon Crawford was solely a shortstop. There was some talk of him moving to third if the Giants got Correa. I'm sure he could play second base if he wanted to. But I, I do wonder if there is some weird avenue for Brandon Crawford to come back as a backup just for him to kind of rewrite the wrongs of last year. That dude was not in shape. He could not stay healthy. He was a slow, maybe one of the slower runners in the entire season. I don't know if any of that changes. Like, you know, his body is his body as, as he's in his right. you know, mid to late thirties. But I do wonder if there's a small little chance that, you know, come spring training, the Giants are like, gosh, you know, we need another middle infielder. And Crawford's like, I'm right here and I'm ready. And uh, it'd be interesting. And then I don't know. I don't I don't imagine it happens. And I would actually bet on, you know, in in a couple of weeks, him actually retiring and then getting the big giant send off. Yeah, but it would actually be it actually be interesting if he was like, "Hey guys, I can play," and they're like, "Well, we are looking for like an infielder to to kind of play, you know, coach up Luciano here a little bit." That would actually be awesome, by the way. It, it, baseball doesn't always work like that, right? But you know, the, you don't really see that mentor thing going on. But it'd actually be kind of cool if Brandon Crawford's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm here for one more year. I'm backing up Marco, and I'm teaching him everything I know." I I could see that happening. If he retires and comes back as a spring training coach or something like that. Yeah. The Giants, I mean, they've said, I don't know how many times they want to get younger and they want to get faster. <laughs> and he Works ain't either of those. <laughs> <laughs> He's not either either of those two things. So, uh, so I, yeah, I don't see it happening. There's probably a guy out there that the Giants could look at and say, hey, look, you know, this, this is our option. This guy can play second. This guy can play short. This guy can play third. Because you look at Casey Schmidt, he could do all those things, but he's young, and you don't want a young guy and another young guy. Um, okay, so Tim, having, Tim Anderson or yeah. Brandon Crawford? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you've got. I'll take Tim Anderson <laughs> in a heartbeat. I'd take Tim Anderson. I love. I mean, that's not say I love Brandon Crawford, but. Brandon Crawford, he came back. He had that one fantastic season, yeah. and then he came back, and it just hasn't been able to replicate it. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't he was think never he that guy either. So. He can't catch up to the good fastballs anymore either, which is no, 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 a little bit sad to see, but that's baseball. That's how it works. Yeah. All right, last thing before we get to our Bitter Giant segment here, which is Sean Manea signed a uh, deal with the Mets, and he's got a, what is it, a one-year and then an opt-out? for the second year. Is that what the deal is? Yeah. Uh, same, same as what he had with us. So one year, I don't know what the financials are on that one. I haven't. Yeah. Seen, I didn't see anything uh, on that either, uh, but up, you know, it? another guy that I think we enjoyed for the time that he was on the team, big dude, uh, kind of Jimmy jacked around a little bit in the rotation. And I'm sure he was not happy. And I'm sure at the same time, the selling point by Farhan, if he wanted to bring him back, which we always thought was a small possibility, was like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not going to bounce you around if you're starting pitcher material. You'll stick around in the rotation a little right. bit." But yeah, I, 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 that one I was a little bummed when you sent me that text. I was like, "Ah, kind of." I, I secretly was hoping he was going to come back. Like, you know, let's say the yeah. Giants were in on Snell and in on Montgomery, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well." 
you know, the, we couldn't get those guys, but we're bringing back Manea, who fits kind of the the mold of those guys, even though he did not have the type of season, obviously, but, you know, big lefty, power lefty, he can strike some guys out. So, but he's with the Mets. So goodbye to Sean Manea, as well as Desclafani and uh, Mitch Haniger, who I, just, I feel like we barely even met Mitch. Like Mitch like played like, did he have like 250 at bats or something like? No, he had, uh, know him. yeah, 229, no, 211 at bats with six home runs hit 209. Yeah. I wanted to see a healthy Mitch, but I think maybe the writing was on the wall after the first season. And I think uh, Farhan was like, yeah, we're not going to see healthy Mitch. Yeah. So if we can get rid of him and get, you know, unhealthy Robbie Ray, who was a Cy Young Award winner, and see what he can do in the future, let let's do that because I the fans pretty much let him know they weren't a big fan of the the the. Let's see, you got trifecta. What's after trifecta? What's four? I don't even know. Is our word sombrero? For that? Sure. The, the golden, you know, actually, this fits well. The golden sombrero of, you know, Manea, Stripling, Conforto, and Hanniger. Fans let Farhan know they we didn't like that. That yeah. wasn't, you don't get judged, but you get those four guys and you go, eh. And then you come into this season and you don't get Shohei. You don't get Yamamoto. Um, and so at this point, it was kind of like, well, here, now we got you a Cy Young Award winner. I know he's coming off of Tommy John, but we're going to see what he can do. So um, I thought it was a good move. I hate to see Disco go. I like Disco. But again, really wasn't that good the last couple of seasons. You know you know where Disco there. went wrong with, with the fan base? Hmm. When When fans were like, Wow, that's a really cool nickname, Disco. And he's like, yeah, it's not really my nickname. Yeah, he goes, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, lean into the Disco. Like, bring a Disco ball into the locker room. Like, yeah. come on, man. I'm I'm an honorary Paisan because my wife's Italian, her family's Italian. So I like Disco because he's a, he's a Paisan. And he, and he plays Sinatra while he's warming yeah. up. Uh, so that, I will always love him for that. Um, who else used to play Sinatra as walk-up song? Todd Frazier. That's what oh, I always wanted Todd, Todd Frazier to be a giant because I thought anybody who listens to Sinatra <laughs> and has Sinatra as their walk-up music, I want that. But, but yeah, so I'll miss Disco, I'll miss <laughs> Hanniger. But, you know, again, it's a good movie. You got to free up that space. You got to clear up some roster spots. So uh, you lose two 40-man guys and you pick up one 40-man guy. So you, you, get, you have an open spot now. So you don't have to do a lot of finagling if you make a, you know, say you do go uh, get Imanaga in the next day or two. Uh, then, then you don't have to worry about a 40-man roster spot at that point. All right, before we get to our Bitter Giants fans segment, uh, I will just mention quickly what I'm drinking because it's something that I've had before. As I told Brad and I told everybody else, this is the year of the Manhattan for me. Yes. And last year was the year of the old-fashioned, which means I have some old-fashioned mix still left over in yes. the refrigerator that I need to get through. So I had some of that today. I'm already at the at the end of it. Um, so I'm just <laughs> finishing that. I think I got two more two more glasses of it left before uh, I'm done with it. Or I just may 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 pour it out just because who knows if I'll ever get to it. But yeah, so I I have the old-fashioned the, the pre-made cocktail from Trader Joe's as uh, my drink tonight. Nice. I got to try those sometime. Um, I went scotch because it's the new year and I like scotch. I don't need an excuse. Uh, I went with the illicit still, the Glenlivet 12. It I always it. gets so blurry. What's it? You know, you think Apple could figure this one out. <laughs> uh, Glenlivet 12, illicit still, single malt. Uh, it is tasty. It is meaty. It really tastes the sherry in this one because, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's... My hands are a mess. I cut my. I was oh, trying to no. fix, the, fix the car yesterday in 15 degree weather and I oh. shredded my hand. Um, so I've got liquid band aid like uh, on my entire hand. It's fun. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back to the drink. What is it's, liquid band aid? 
Liquid Band-Aid? You've never used Liquid Band-Aid? Oh, uh -uh. my God. When you get these cuts like this type of stuff, that guy. Okay. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's this li Liquid Band-Aid. It's kind of like glue type of stuff, but it has antiseptic, an antiseptic in it, and it okay. burns like a mother. But you put it on there, and it closes the wound. Ah. After like a day or two or three, it starts to kind of peel off Does on it wash off? Okay. Yeah, and then, it, and then it's healed underneath. But you can you can get it wet and everything else, but it you know it works for the the cuts and stuff really good. When you live in dry climate like this, dry cold weather, yeah, you get these hand cuts on you like like that. And then I got another, and and that and that was the chunk from the car, mm. and, and that was the cat. No. So it's, I, it's it's a combination of everything on that end. Very interesting. Yeah, That's, I've heard of the glue thing. Like when people get cut open, they'll glue the the wound. Yeah, back. crazy glue. If, you if can actually don't, do crazy yeah. glue. If they don't have the opportunity to go get it stitched up, they just glue it. No, li liquid band aid. It changed my life about ten years ago because because wow. the, the problem is you put on a regular band aid with Neosporin and then you go to wash your hands and the sucker's going to come off. Well, at least this is somewhat waterproof for like two or three days. So, and by the time it peels off, underneath it's like, oh my god, the cut healed. It's you know, it's not bleeding anymore and any of that stuff. So that stuff works great. Uh, yeah. Anyways, that's what I'm drinking, and then I, and then I told you all about my goofed up hand. Yep. <laughs> All right. Last segment here. So the Dodgers made another move. They signed Teoscar Guys. Hernandez for 23 some odd million dollars for one season. So they had another right-handed bat, another outfielder. And before we even had an opportunity to be sad about it, you had sent me a text and you go, well, you didn't say it this way, but you basically sent me some information that was like, well, guess who's better than Teoscar Hernandez? <laughs> His name is the Yasmanian devil, That's Mike right. Yastrzemski. Baby Yaz. Yeah, we got our, you, you don't need Teoscar Hernandez. Of course, I'd love to have him on my team. <laughs> but you don't need to have him because if you've got a guy like Mikey Yaz, right? Baby Yaz, he has a lifetime 114 OPS plus. Teoscar Hernandez, lifetime OPS plus, 118, only four better. Last year, Baby Yaz, 113 OPS plus. Last year, Teoscar Hernandez, 106 OPS plus. I know it was in Seattle. Don't give me this about Seattle's stadium and all this other nonsense. Um, I think he only had two months in the entire season last year where he had an OPS of like above 800, all the rest. It was just kind of like garbage the rest of the season. Um, of course, he does pound lefties. That's what he does as a right-handed hitter. Um, but but again, when you have a guy like Baby Yaz, who's also has MVP votes, Teoscar Hernandez, he did have some MVP votes. We'll give him that, 2020 and 2021. But again, that was in Toronto. Now he's over in the National League. Never seen National League pitching before. Uh, other than in uh, interleague games, but he's mostly an American League player. Uh, Baby Yaz had an OPS plus in 2019 of 122. 2020, 164 when he had his uh, MVP votes. Last year, 15 bombs. Teoscar Hernandez, he had you know 26. But again, that th th those were on the road. That was not at home in Seattle. Uh, so bottom line is, when you have a guy like Baby Yaz... You don't need a guy like Teoscar Hernandez. That's just a a, a a filler for your lineup. We got to go out and get other guys, uh, other outfielders. Like, because see, that's the thing. That's going to be their big outfield pickup. Mm -hmm. Ours is going to be Bellinger. And <laughs> Bellinger's going to hit forty bombs and hit three thirty two uh, on the season. <laughs> When's the last time we had a guy? When was the last time we had a guy other than Buster? who finished like top 10 in batting. It had to be in, in Bonds in, probably when he won uh, that's he won the the batting title. Yeah, that's probably it because I think I think Tyro was threatening like the first half of the season last. Yeah, year. he fell off a little bit. Yeah, fell off, got hurt, all that good stuff, so. So anyways, we have our own Teoscar Hernandez. His his name is Baby Yaz. And uh, I I guarantee you he has a better season than Teoscar does. Guarantee, guarantee. Wow, 
It's got to get enough bats, though. That's the problem. It's pretty big. Hmm. Um, you know, I I, I want to say there was the season that we were talking about with Scudero. He came to the Giants um, and he hit 360 in the 268 abs when after they traded for him, uh, when, and, but he had only hit 271. In Colorado, I wonder how close he was in the batting title that year. That that would be interesting to go back and and look at. I don't know. I don't know what was what, that. Two thousand four. Two thousand twelve. Oh, two thousand twelve. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So that might be. He, he might have been in the top ten. Two thousand fourteen. I'm thinking of infielders. Two thousand ten was the year of Jonathan Sanchez. Two thousand twelve was the year of Scudero. Two thousand fourteen was the year of. Little Joe Panic. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Um, so one other note about your and you're you know, people are thinking like, oh, you know, Brad's throwing all these numbers and what does these numbers really mean? And yeah, do you have yeah. to do you have to know all these analytics to follow this stuff? Well, we can even use some simple ones, such as war. He had a Hernandez had a 2.1 war last year. Yastrzemski had a 2.4 war. Uh, in uh, Hernandez almost had double the abs of Yastrzemski, but he only hit 11 more home runs. Uh, when it comes to on base percentage, Yaz was at 330. Hernandez was at 305. Slugging percentage, Yaz was even a tick higher at 445 versus 435. So while you know, we are selecting specific statistics to make Yaz look a little bit better maybe than, than you know, most people will look at him. You can even look at the common stats, the back of the baseball card stats, and see that he's a very comparable player. He doesn't have the reputation because he, he wasn't a top prospect like Hernandez was when he was younger. Um going up through that Blue Jay farm system in what, 2016 or, or whenever it was. And, you know, Yaz was a guy who was just through the minors constantly grinding. Um, but the other thing that I like and this, I, I may like this one the best Hernandez costs 23 million and baby Yaz is going to play for 7 million this year. So, <laughs> there you yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, I think uh, Tay Oscar was, like slated to be around 15, 16 a year for like three years or whatever. And then he was like, well, I can go to the Dodgers. <laughs> and of course they can defer my payments because <laughs> who likes to get paid up front? <laughs> who likes to get paid all their money at once, right? So he's deferring 8 million of that. So he's technically playing for the 15 million. But again, the deferment doesn't start until 2030. So I don't know what this magic number of, things starting in 2030, 2031, 32, 33 is for the Dodgers, other than there has to be some sort of financial comparison that says in 10 years, when we start paying him his extra 8 million, it's really only in, in, in today's dollars, like 4 million, 3 million. So we're still getting him at a discount lower than the price that you're seeing. Um, but yeah, I don't, again, I don't even claim to try to be a financial guy. So yeah, I think it's just about making the interest on that money. And then when you actually do have to pay that guy, then you're probably paying a lot of it is just interest. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So that'll be it from here. We will be back next week and hopefully we'll have some news with, uh, more signings and, Maybe hopefully some bad. Can the Dodgers have some bad news? Can we get bad news on the Dodgers? Like, yeah, well, obviously we don't want to wish the bad news to be injuries. Right. But, but maybe like, I don't know. They found out all of this money that they're promising people was like drug money or something. I don't know. Maybe we could do that. Yes, this was a good one from more <laughs> Katna, who's uh, watching. Uh, very much appreciate you. Yaz will defer his batting. That was, that was a good one. Yes, he will. He will. He'll hit uh, three thirty this year, but he'll defer what one hundred and thirty of that yeah. <laughs> until two thousand thirty. So he'll really hit two hundred. Poor. I, I, I say, you know, Friedman. 
can can Friedman get the chicken pox or something like? It's yeah, not... yeah, shingles, shingles. He's old enough for shingles, right? Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not. I shouldn't say that. I haven't gotten my shingles. Shot, so <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't yeah, say that's that. bad karma. We shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Maybe uh, plantar fasciitis. There you go. A, you know, you can live. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's painful, but you can still do everything. Yeah. Friedman gets a little plantar fasciitis injury and is walking around yeah. with a limp. He's not yeah. an NFL running back. So it's not <laughs> yeah. like he, needs, it's, he doesn't need his plantar or his fasciitis. What are you All right. Doing? Last thing. I almost forgot. Rams Lions prediction. Mm, man. I was reading up a little bit on this today. I haven't really dove too much into it. It's going to be tough, man. That place is rocking. I did see where there's a group that's trying to get together that's trying to ban Stafford Lion jerseys from oh, being wow. worn in the stadium. Nobody wants to see those. Um, I did see a fantastic – I could have sent this to you because you're a wrestling guy, but it was the the – the little video clip of the undertaker laying in the uh, <laughs> laying in the casket in the middle of the ring. And who goes up to him? I don't know who that is. Brock Lesnar, probably Brock Lesnar they start goes laughing up at each other. I think so. But he like leans in and looks, but, and, and then undertaker grabs his throat. Uh, but, but somebody threw undertaker, somebody threw Stafford's face on him and then Goff on the other. Oh, okay. The there you go. So there I don't know. Go. I got to go. Man, I think the Rams could pull it off because I think Lions are run. only favored by like two and a half points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's because of all of the experience. There's not going to be much jitters for the Rams players. I mean, they do have they have a lot of young players on defense, but you've got Aaron Donald who's been there. You've got running Stafford. back, you're running back's a new uh, uh, young, uh, young player. Kyron's uh in year two or three. Um, you got Puka who's, you know, yeah, the first, one. first big games for those, but guys, you got I Cooper guess. cup and you, you've got, I mean, you've got a lot of guys who've been there for a while and a lot of guys who have the ring. Uh, so I think the Rams go in there and, and, and I think they probably win this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I think they're, the Rams are going to win it 30 to 24. You know, uh, so Davis said that he believes the video you're talking about is the Undertaker grabbing Randy Orton. That that's yeah, that's who I think it is. I couldn't tell because the faces were over them, so I, I didn't know who it was. Um, it's fantastic. And you know, if the Rams win that game, there's a good chance you guys come to San Francisco. Yes, because I don't think Green Bay is going to go into Dallas and do a whole lot of anything. So yeah, for so this for could me, give us that rematch. For me, that's the worst matchup is Rams Niners. Now it'll be fun for us. What I'm saying is a worrisome, like yeah, yeah. the Bucks for for the Bucks to beat the Eagles and the Bucks to come into San Francisco. That would be like the game where I'm not too worried. But yeah, Rams win that game. I'm I, that there there is a little bit of worry there because like it's for all the reasons that you said. Veteran team knows right. how to win. Is not going to be phased by the bright lights in the playoffs. Um, and your your quarterback, man, your quarterback is your quarterback yeah. is a beast. <laughs> so. And and Aaron Donald on that defensive line, I, I mean, he just rallies everybody and gets everybody going. That guy is so. Again, I I'm gonna hate it when he retires or leaves the Rams, and it could be any you know, it, it could be after any year at this point because he's he's always said, yeah, I want to play about, I don't know, seven eight years and then walk away. And I'm like, well, we're right there, so. Uh, but yeah, I think the Rams pull it off in, in Detroit um, and then head to San Francisco, man. I was going to say, what's your prediction for this weekend for your team? But you don't play. You got the luxury, <laughs> yeah, man. You guys have the luxury of sitting out. Does that worry you that they're not playing, that they're it, it an may, entire week It off? may have worried me, except for the fact that Kyle Shanahan teams are pretty good off of a bye. Yeah. So that makes me feel a little bit better. And, you know, this season is long now. So you got all these, you know, Eric Armstead has missed the last 40% of it. And we're hoping that he's back. So if that helps him get back, then all all good and, you know, crossing fingers. But, I, you know, for the most part, uh, they, they, they're coming into the playoffs fairly healthy. So that's the other thing of good to not have to play because then 
guys who may not be 100%, you know, they're trying to play because it's the playoffs, and then yeah, those guys could get hurt too. So I'm so happy yesterday that the game just ended with no, like, major crazy injuries. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Carson Wentz didn't get hurt for all the times. So just put oh, his head God. right in the pile. Jeez. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem too is he's our, he's our backup quarterback. So if something happens to Stafford in the game this week, we need Carson Wentz. So, uh, But at least you know, that's kind of the cool thing about the game yesterday too is that uh, McVay got to kind of work in these extra plays and some fun stuff for Wentz. Yeah, and it's now not it's so- anything that you're going to use against us either. So no, he's no. like, yeah, he's like, I'm not showing you guys anything. I'm going to have Carson Wentz run quarterback draw 14 times. But And that's the thing is if Stafford gets hurt in Detroit, you bring in Wentz. Wentz isn't going to all of a sudden be Stafford. He's going to go into Wentz mode and he's yeah. going to run the ball 15 to 20 times. So yeah. uh, that was fun. That one uh, touchdown run that he had, I was surprised he, didn't, he barely even got touched. I go, oh my God, haven't seen that from a Rams team in years. So that was fun. All right. We will be back next week on Monday. Uh, talking more Giants baseball for the rest of this week. I think I have one more show with Brian before he goes on vacation. Uh, not actually vacation, business trip. He's going to London for for work. Business. Look yeah, at this business. Guy. And uh, so we'll we'll is, talk Warriors. Is he big time in us, man. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be gone for like two weeks. Wow. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And, and then, uh, we have we, Rod and I are not recording this weekend for, we want winners. We're going to instead probably do two shows next week. We'll do the preview show and then the post game show. So lots of stuff still happening, but Brad and I, the longest standing podcast on this network, I think we're at 192 episodes. Whoa. We got to do something for 200. Yeah. We're close. We're closing in on 200. I'll do 200 and just write 200 on a piece of paper and go do it. <laughs> like the Will Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah. I think I did that for our hundred. I think I just held up. A, a, yeah. That was, I won't do that. I'll do something nicer. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks everyone for checking us out for Brad. I'm double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.